For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast The place where Bigfoot, Nessie, and Mothman Are encouraged to start their own small group <laughs> we, we don't want them just moseying about, okay? We don't want them in the singles group. I, I feel like they are, they're too closely linked. Maybe they should separate yeah, and spread their gifts should. among the Who knows? members. Uh, this is the Nerd Goss Podcast where we talk about all things nerdy and fun. Let's get to the news, shall we? Uh, the news today are the Inhumans. The mm-hmm. Inhum- are you familiar with the Inhumans? Uh, very they're not little. Un- they're not unhumans right? or, or humans. They're inhuman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was canceled. Ah. Before it even officially aired, that's the that's the report right now. I don't know if it's a confirmed report. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it is, but it got canceled. And my dad, who it loves these shows, like really enjoys them, yeah. he told me he watched the episode. It was awful, oh. absolutely horrible. And if you've seen the trailer for it, it looks atrocious. Have uh, you have you watched the trailer? No. no. So so part of the big thing is there's this girl in there named Medusa. Yeah. And her hair is her power. Okay. Like she has this long flowing red hair and the comics, it's awesome. It's not snakes. No, no, no. It's oh. like just she controls every follicle of her hair and wow. she can grab stuff. So it's super cool. It's like uh-huh. a cool power. Well, in the in the trailer, you can tell at many points it's like this ridiculous wig. It's uh-huh. absolutely silly. And then the it's on a it's on a uh, television budget. Mm-hmm. So in order to animate hair, you know, that's pretty yeah. substantial. Okay. Yeah. So this is a spoiler alert. If you're like actually excited about this show, in like episode two or three, they shave her head. Because they're tired because, of animating her hair. So the one thing you're like, oh, this is so cool. And they're trying to get you jazzed about it. No, they shaved the head shaved completely. And yeah. so now they're done with it. Then they're like, all right, we got You know, we spent two million on her hair in the first two episodes. Like, you know, whoa. Anyway, so if you're excited about that, I'm so sorry. But the way they're air, the way they're promoting it is they say the Inhuman complete series. Mm-hmm. And it's only one season. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'll watch it just because I want a good snooze, I guess. I'll sleep there. <laughs> the new uh, Dungeons & Dragons, this just came out. It's called Tomb of Annihilation. Ooh. Sounds uh, pretty cool. I mean, with a title like that, Tomb of Annihilation. Okay. The way Dungeons & Dragons works, if you're unfamiliar with that, is you'll have campaigns. Yeah. And you'll each have characters that kind of progress through storylines. So if I was, once again, what is it, Von Staff? That's Von was, Staff. That was what it was. And Gorog. Yeah. And we would enter the new campaign. It'd be Tomb of Annihilation. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this one, it's a set on a jungle island of Cholt. All right, I don't know. It's made as a silent H. Cholt. Cholt. <laughs> Cholt. And there's dinosaur racing on the island. Okay. So why? Yeah. yeah you have a question? What yeah. are you going to ask? What? <laughs> What dinosaur racing? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> okay. So you're on the island of Cholt. Like Von Staff shows up. He's like, We are here to stop the tomb. And yeah. Gorag is like, Let's go home. Let's, let's go home. <laughs> I don't want to be here. That's right. And no, we must go. And so then Von Staff is there. And while we're on the island, we could go talk to like merchants or whatever like that. And guess what's also happening? Dinosaur racing. Of course. And so there's legitimate rules. In the campaign book, like if you roll a six or something, yeah. your dinosaur goes 20 feet or something like that. And you get to pick your dinosaur. Like you could ride a ter- Tyrannosaurus Rex or a Velociraptor. And the way these things work is they're so detailed. They have like costs for each dinosaur. You can mm-hmm. buy them. And it's mm-hmm. really, I mean, it's it's really cool. It's Are you actually, always on a dinosaur in the campaign? You're no. just assumed to be riding a dinosaur? No, but you could, you could you ride could go it over for the there. racing. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, it's one thing more. one more thing that, that Colt, Cholt offers. Other than the Tomb of Annihilation. So, come to the jungle island of Chult. We have the Tomb of Annihilation and dinosaur racing. Von Staff wants to go. Star Wars uh, (laughs) Last Jedi trailer 
uh, is supposed to come out. Mark Hamill tweeted, he says, watch Monday Night Football on Monday, October 9th for no reason in particular. Oh. So people are assuming uh, Last Jedi trailer. What else would it be? What if that was the biggest tease? Right. And everyone's like, like people are like, oh, yes, we got to watch football. We got to watch football. And nothing happens. And he's like, I'm going to be at the game, and I think the camera might come on me. <laughs> yeah. So and he, check that out. He tweets out later. He's like, I just got a whole bunch of nerds to watch football. <laughs> like, take that. Take that. Um, that'll be cool. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to watch football. I'll just watch the trailer when it pops. Yeah. Uh, joke's on you, Mark Hamill. Darth Vader is reportedly part of the Han Solo spinoff. Mm. Is that? They're just shoehorning him into things. Well, right. Yeah. Would that make sense? Like, I, like I, I assume that Han Solo had no clue who Darth Vader was. And this is an origin story, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, yeah, no. So maybe he's just another like a um, Rogue One type thing where he shows up and goes, make sure not to choke on your ambitions. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, the, you, that part was yeah, ridiculous, that right? Was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Uh, I don't know why. This is just classic. Like, we need to sell more Darth Vader toys, so let's throw them in for a minute. You'd think there would be enough. Like, people always get excited about the new characters for the toys. I know. You don't want to buy your old stuff. I don't know why they're doing this. Anyways, Darth Vader, I guess, will be in it. Who knows? That the Han Solo spinoff has a lot of issues right now going on. Um, with they had to get a new director and stuff like that. So, Hmm. anyways, we'll see what it turns out to be. Damon Lindelof. Lindelof. Uh Lindelof. 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 (laughs) He teases HBO Watchmen series. Hmm. So we just did an episode on Watchmen. Yeah, I don't understand. It's a single graphic novel. Yeah, they're going to drag that baby out. So they're just going to make new stories up. Yeah. Which I guess is what everyone does yeah. with comic books. Yeah, but. and DC not too long ago, like two two or three years ago, did a series called Before Watchmen, uh-huh. and it was like prequel stuff. So he's got some material they could dig through. I you know. I know that it could be great. Yeah, but I would think not. He did Lost, and Lost was great. Uh, Lost was great. You until hate the ending. Look, I just had a long <laughs> conversation with my wife about this the other day. You can't say it's great because the reason you thought it was great was because it was leading somewhere. It's all about the journey. No, it's all no. About, it's all about the journey. It's all about the journey. If you get there. If yeah, you if never you, get there, if you get there and you're like, oh, this is just a shopping mall, yeah. I wish I hadn't walked all the way here. And I think the ending, I think part of it too was even even at, after the reveal, people were still like, wait, what? Like people were like, wait, they were in purgatory or they mm-hmm. were really dead or were they on? I think people were still confused. At the more clarity you achieve, the yeah. more disappointed you that's are. True. Not that's less. true. Not less. That's horrible. Stay in the... Limit. All right. I'm against this Watchmen series. I didn't realize <laughs> that Linda Love... Linda Love... <laughs> Was the guy? Linda Love. I'm against it. I think we should all boycott it. Sounds like um like a bad talk show host. Like I'm Damon Linda Love. <laughs> up next, up next, Linda Love. Uh, Musk watch. Student in India asked Musk on Twitter. This is great. Uh-huh. He asked him on Twitter. He says, "How do you? What do you think about the book Lord of the Rings? Has it inspired you?" I don't know. This must have been some ongoing conversation. Yeah. I don't know why it came <laughs> Just out randomly. Hey, um. And, but here's cool. This is what he must said. He said, don't give up if the cause is important enough. Even if you believe you're walking into doom, good friends really matter. I wonder who is Musk's good friend? Who is his Samwise? I don't know anything about Musk other than no. what you tell me. What do you think? What if What if him and... Um, <laughs> Him and Zuckerberg are it's secret. Not, it's not Zuckerberg. It's not Zuckerberg. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like two more people, two other people that hate hate each other more on earth than Elon Musk and Zuckerberg. It's uh, it's like you know maybe it's his wife. I maybe don't know. yeah. Maybe they're is good he friends. married? I have no idea. Sure. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, they're together. Um, so that's, that's nice. great. Possibly Elon Musk's biggest idea yet 
Revolutionizing Education. That's the title with of an article. With AI teachers. With AI teachers. No. More recently, he provided $15 million to the Global Learning X Prize. Mm. He can't just have a normal name for things, can he? X Prize. Is that his thing? Yeah, it's his oh, thing, I okay. guess. The goal is to develop, to, to develop methods to teach the 250... Now, this is crazy. 250 million children who do not have access to primary or secondary education, hmm. the means to teach themselves to read, write, and do math within 15 months. So I assume what he's going to do is put like some sort of computer technology or something that trains them, teaching yeah. program. Yeah. Now, the other issue is now, if, they're, if they have no access to things, how are they going to get access to this? Well, if he creates a battery that lasts forever, there it is. then they can just airdrop there the it tablets. So he's helping people. Amazing. So Musk is, you know... He's up to good stuff, I guess. You said, or is he? Oh, up to good stuff. I don't know. We don't know. We never know. That's why we should watch. And we should always watch. Right. Must watch. Must watch. Coming. You must watch. Must, must watch. watch. You must watch. Uh, it's time for the main event. I think. I think the people are ready for this. The main event. I assume you've waited for it. You've longed for it. Cryptids. What? What? What's a cryptid, Harry? <laughs> I know you're asking that question. What is a cryptid? Cryptozoology is a pseudoscience. That's fun. Pseudoscience. Fake science. Fake science that presumes the existence of animals and plants that have been derived from anecdotal or other evidence considered insufficient by mainstream science. So this is like the real scientists are like, those idiots over there are doing pseudoscience. And then the pseudoscience guys are like, yeah, well, those idiots over there think are just too blinded, you know. That's how all scientists yeah, they talk. Have very interesting sure. voices. <laughs> uh, while biologists regularly identify new species, so they find new species. I mean, we talked about this in the Amazon. Of course. They find, like, they trip over new species in the Amazon. Mm -hmm. Cryptozoologists focus on entities mentioned in folklore record. So, like, they're looking for, like, like Gilgamesh. If Gilgamesh talked about something uh, pretty crazy, the Epic of Gilgamesh, yeah. they would look for that thing. So they'd be going, okay, is this purely fictional? Yes, where did or they come up? Are they referencing some creature that was exactly like dragons, all right. sorts of stuff like that? Right. So that's what we're going to be talking about today: cryptids. This is our first episode uh, since it's October. Mm -hmm. We thought it'd be fun to do some kind of some pseudoscience episodes, <laughs> some some kind of uh, October spooky episodes, ooh, ooh. and uh, just have some fun with it. Yeah. And so we hope you enjoy that as well. So let's keep talking. Cryptozoologists may consider any figure from folklore to be a cryptid. I did not know this. It comes from the Greek. Word crypto meaning hide, mm -hmm. and zoology is animal, right? Study of animals, so it's hidden animals, the study of hidden animals. I love etymology stuff like that. Like now, yeah. I know why it's called a crypt. Yeah, the crypt keeper he keeps the hidden. There it is. There's hidden. The, oh, the that's dead. yeah, that's great. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, so that's really cool. So here's the way. There's this cryptozoologist who's like the head dude, I guess. He's the one who kind of started this whole thing. And his name is George M. Eberhardt. Mm -hmm. Eberhardt. And he classifies 10 types of mystery animals under the cryptozoological umbrella. So okay. let's go through these. Okay. This will help us as we go forward. All right. Ready. So no, number one, in order to be a crypto, cryptid, you have to be an animal that are outside is outside of their known habitats. Well, this is not a list of requirements. These are different no. types. These are different types. First type. Yes. Okay. So the first type is British big cats or phantom cats. Uh -huh. uh, you may have heard about these because this is legitimate. Like Sometimes in the UK, they'll have reports of phantom cats, like big panthers or people are seeing pumas, stuff right. like that. That shouldn't be around. there. That should not be there. And this is also could be said of like kangaroos. Can some kangaroos have been found in the UK. Whoa. 
they found kangaroos other places. Now, some people have said there's land bridges or why are they there? You know, yeah. what happened? Or like kangaroos? crocodiles in the sewers in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like yeah, that. that would be exactly, Jeremy. Fantastic. Thank you. Example. Thank well you. Wow. Uh, and people, and there have been like people who said that they've seen giant crocodiles in those sewers. Right. What are they doing there? They How are they there? Shouldn't be there. They're there. Cryptid. Um, cryptid. Cryptid. Boom. So that's the first one. Something outside of its known habitat that's a little shady. Mm-hmm. What's it doing there? The number two is undescribed, unusual, or oversized variants of known animals. So this would be like a giant anaconda, mm-hmm. which we know exists in the Amazon because we personally have gone over there. And oh, oh. sorry, <laughs> that's an oh, whoops. <laughs> no, we haven't done that. Uh, giant squids, which I've seen. That, that was a big like thing on Discovery Channel. Yeah. They had a whole set on the giant squid, and they actually giant found squids. it. It's a huge squid. Yeah, I uh, believe those. Yeah, and spotted lions. That would be another one. Yeah, and they, so I've seen striped. Yeah, that's the that's talking next. That's the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about. Well, they that. just crossbreed something and something. No, that's playing God, Jeremy. No, it's playing oh. breeder. Oh, breeder. Okay, matchmaking. So that's undescribed, unusual. So something that's a little bit bigger than it should be. Okay. Uh, number three is the survivals of recently extinct species. So the Tasmanian tiger was thought extinct, but occasionally has been reported. Right. So this would be things like there was a fish that was found called the coelacanth, uh-huh. and they thought that was legitimately like a fossil. It should have been dead Yeah. by all standards, and they found it. I would and, assume that happens a lot, where we think oh yeah. something's gone, but oh yeah. we just don't and, know their And habitat. the interesting thing is that it, for creationists, for people who believe the creation account, they go, you go, yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. Right. But for evolutionists who go, well, that died out three million years ago, uh, they freak out. Oh, right. Because it should not be the case that it's alive. Mm. So anyways, that's interesting, right? The number four is the survivals of species known only from the fossil record. So this would kind of bleed over a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, there's one in Congo called the Mokeli. I'm going to butcher this. Why? Mokeli Mbimbe? <laughs> Mokeli Mbimbe? It's, you it's, did butcher it. Oh, my it. word. Yeah. Mokeli Mbimbe. I have no clue. It means one who stops the flow of rivers. Ooh. In the Lingala language, one who stops the flow of rivers. It's a legendary water-dwelling creature of the Congo River Basin folklore, sometimes described as a living creature, sometimes as a spirit, and loosely analogous to the Loch Ness Monster in Western culture. So it basically, every picture I looked at of this looks like a giant pleosaur. But it exists in the fossil record. But exists in the fossil okay. record. But then um, some but people it, are saying it's still around. Yeah, some people are saying it's still around, and it looks the like Lingala. a sauropod, like a big, mm. like long neck. Yeah. And that's how they describe it. Right. And, and, and that would kind of, for, for me with the dinosaur stuff, it could make sense to me mm-hmm. that one or two could still be climbing around the Amazon River. Or, it couldn't be one or two. One or two. Some sort of some sort group. of some sort of group that's very tight knit and it's just untouched. Because I looked up undiscovered places on Earth, mm-hmm. and there are so many areas of the world that are completely unexplored. When you get into oceans, yeah, you're ridiculous. Yeah, but I'm talking like Florida. There's whole jungle regions, miles and miles and miles that we have not even touched. Mm-hmm. And and you're telling me there couldn't be some sort of group of little Animals that has a perfect oasis, you know? Biodiversity, though. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Mm, all right. <laughs> One day when we explore it. Or when I'll we, save my objections for a moment. When we knock down all the plants. <laughs> um, that's cool, man. Mokele uh, Mamimbe. Lingerlings. Number five is lingerlings. Mm-hmm. I like that, too. Or survivals of species known from the fossil record. So these are ones known, not just like, um, you know, made up from the fossil records. <laughs> These are known fossil records later into historical times than currently thought. So this would be a woolly mammoth. 
Uh-huh. This is exactly where the coelacanth, what I was talking about, would fall. Um, it was around 66 million years ago that they thought, but then they found it in 1938. The coelacanth. The coelacanth. And it looks, yeah. if you type in coelacanth, it's mm-hmm. going to be a you know, nightmare to spell that. But it looks nuts. <laughs> like this thing looks like a straight up dinosaur. It looks crazy. Yeah. This is old but they fish. found it alive? Oh, yeah. Okay. They have video footage of this thing Ram. floating around. Uh-huh. Uh, should not be happening. So it's amazing how we can think something's dead for that long. And then we just find it, yeah, and it's some body of water. So yeah. a lot of times the world starts to feel really, really small, especially yeah. when we're on our computers and we can, you know, literally go onto Google Earth and like yeah. see streets in Venice or something. Get out into the world and like go, go for a coelacanth. Go hike up a mountain. <laughs> you, you'll you'll realize how how uh, big the world still yeah. is. Yeah, it still it's is. crazy. Number six are animals not known from the fossil record but related to known species. So this would be like a striped manta or an Andean wolf. Uh, you can look at all this stuff. If you pause it and go look it up, you can see um, like renderings of some of these or people who have you know identified them. I think what that one basically is like some sort of mutation yeah. that has messed with a manta ray or something like that. Well, and on, and on, the, uh, on the Facebook page, if you go there, we'll, we'll try to link to some of this so you don't yeah. have to try to find it yourself. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. Uh, number seven is animals not known from the fossil record nor related to any known species. So this would be Bigfoot. Okay. <laughs> Or most sea creatures. Oh, Bigfoot, huh? Here we go. Okay. Here we go. We're getting a little crazy now. There we are. Um, number eight would be a mythical animals with a zoological basis. So that the griffin, dragons, large lizards. This would be Harry Potter territory, right? The okay. hippogriff. Because that has okay. a zoological basis, meaning that it's part animal, but it's kind of combined. Okay. Um, yeah. And then number nine is, se- <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy really thought, Eberhardt thought through these. Uh-huh. Number nine, seemingly paranormal or supernatural entities with some kind of animal-like characteristics, so Mothman, <laughs> vampires, or fairies, etc. As, as I understand, Mothman, <laughs> he doesn't have animal characteristics. Moth- he has man. in the name. Hello. All right. Never <laughs> part mind. moth. Never mind. Part man. He's not part moth. Um, yeah, he, oh, of course he is. <laughs> number 10. <laughs> when a moth and a man. Oh, dear. All right. Number 10. Known hoaxes. Last one. Known hoaxes are probable misidentifications. Uh, so one of these popular ones is the Fiji mermaid. If mm-hmm. you're a fan of Ripley's Believe It or Not, mm-hmm. you'll have seen what happened was some guy brought him a monkey and a fish that he had sewn together. And Ripley bought into this for a little bit until yeah. he they figured it out. But so it was he a, saw the sutures. Yeah, he saw them like, ah, <laughs> uh, what's that? You know, and the monkey face was like, oh, it's the ugliest mermaid you've ever seen. Mm. Uh, the jackalope mm-hmm. would be one of these, like, uh, what is it? What's a jackalope? Rabbit with antlers, I yeah. think? Yeah. yeah, it is. And then my favorite is the Cottingley Fairies. Never if heard you've of never, So this is a great story. It's called the Cottingley Fairies, C-O-T-T-I-N-G-L-E-Y, fairies, and I'll post the link to this. And it was these two little girls who had little cardboard cutouts of fairies. Oh, I did hear about this. And it looks kind of, it looks, it's odd because it's back in like the 1920s or something. And mm-hmm. so it's before CGI, before anything they could do. And they took these pictures with these little fairies and it looks, it's unnerving. Mm. And they, they claim that this was legit and real and people bought into it yeah. for years and years and years until people were like, okay, that's obviously not real. Right. But, but back in the day, I guess, you know, before a lot of this stuff was hoax and stuff. Yeah. Anyways, go check it out. It's such a cool story, and the girls ended up saying it was a hoax, and there's been others stuff like this, too. It's so weird to me that this guy describing what cryptozoology is, like he describes all these things that could yeah. exist, but then he includes things that could not exist? Yeah. He says known hoaxes are part of crypto. That's odd. Yeah. Well, they're known hoaxes until they're unknown, because at one <laughs> point people thought the coddling fairies were real. Okay. I think that's the qualification. Same thing with the Fiji mermaid. 
I got so you. people assumed the Fiji mermaid was real. It's not. Did somebody assume the jackalope was real? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. People have hunted for that thing. <laughs> um, my, people assume Bigfoot's real until we find out it's a hoax, right? You keep saying, well, anyway. People, normal people Let's assume it's real. My mom. For, <laughs> <laughs> mom, if you're listening, I love you. Um, my wife and I, this is a fun little story. When On our honeymoon, we went to this place in Chattanooga, Tennessee mm-hmm. called the Little Curiosity Shop. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of this head, but they had sort, some sort of Bigfoot head in the shop that was stuffed. Okay. And it was supposed to be the real head. And it was called like the, um, the Soggy, Bottom, uh, Soggy Bottom Road Monster or something like mm-hmm. that. And I'll, I'll post this as well. Mm-hmm. But it was so cool. And we had this picture with this head. And, and it looks, I mean, it looks real. Does it, it look really like does. Harry from it, Harry and the Hendersons? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. But it looks like a normal human head with fur on it, but it's yeah. abnormal. Sure. And it's just kind of a cool little fun thing. And the Curiosity Shop is literally like a closet that you walk into. Mm-hmm. There's the head. Yep. Maybe Take some picture. pictures of something. You take a picture and you pay $2 and you walk, go on your way. <laughs> uh, so if you stop in Chattanooga, go check it out. It's yeah. fun. Uh, so that's kind of the qualification. So what is okay. a cryptid? Uh, there, we just talked. We just told you at length what a cryptid is. Yeah. So Jeremy, let's get let's get down to brass tacks. Sure. What are some of your favorite cryptids? Give I've us thought a lot about this. Okay. We've planned this episode yep. for several weeks. Yep. And I would like to be the most disappointing part of the show okay. and say I don't have any favorite. No, cryptids. you don't have a favorite. <laughs> well, there you're one of their favorites. Now I will say, <laughs> I do love the uh, the Mothman prophecy yeah. movie. Yeah, that's right. Um, so about I'm that. very fascinated with that movie. I don't have any part of me that goes, well, maybe. the <laughs> man. So there's none of that. Yeah. Uh, but the idea, like everything about that that entity is very interesting to me because yeah. it's beyond our dimension. And yeah, it's, yeah. You know, there's a part in the movie where they describe the Mothman as... Uh, like he sees such a big perspective that he doesn't understand our concerns. Yeah. Uh, where like nothing really would <laughs> make sense he's to just him. So smart. <laughs> he's just so big <laughs> and smart. And, uh, you know, I guess I've never really tried to th- like, I just have, that's just a fun movie. Yeah. I don't like try to bring that into my worldview yeah. and figure out, well, maybe that's the way the demons and the angels. I, I don't do any of that. It's just fun. Mothman. And I like to think about it. Yeah, it's great. I uh, just like a, the reason a I mentality. love this. Okay. And I'm going to talk, I'll talk a little bit more about this, but growing, I was growing up. I used to love, I love the mis- mysterious mm-hmm. and I love to, I love the unknown. And part of that, part of the, that's why I'm a big nerd, but I love not knowing everything. Yeah. And with theology as well, people who pretend to know everything there is to know about theology, they're yeah. no fun, man. Yeah. And yeah. they're too prideful because the truth of the matter is like you can study the Bible your entire life and never know right. all of it. Right. Yeah. And there's specific mysteries that are God's mysteries that you'll never know. Right? They're his mysteries. Yeah. And this side of heaven at least maybe he'll, you know, reveal later on, but there's just and so as I read theology, I'm like, "Oh, I love I love the mysterious. I love a passage I come across and I have no answer for it." Yeah. Right? I love yeah. that. And so when I come to stuff like Mothman, I love that there are, there's a town, Point Pleasant, mm-hmm. right, who's made this entire living. There are people who have made entire livings off the Mothman. Yeah. My wife and I almost went to the Mothman, I think it was 5K race, yep. and they have a Mothman festival every year. Mm-hmm. And this town has, has taken this silly little event that happened. It wasn't silly. The, no. The bridge crashed, <laughs> Lots of people right? died. The bridge crashed, <laughs> yeah. and, but they thought it was due to this Mothman. Right. Legitimately. And there's reports that two men in black were in the town roaming around. They have names for them, and yeah. people have described what they look like. But they have this this lore, this folklore, mm-hmm. and it brings you back to the stories of the ancients, of the medievals, who had folklore, and they made up all these wonderful stories. And yeah. so it's just fun to have modern-day folklore 
that we can enjoy. It is fun. You're right? right. It's yes. fun. And and so obviously Jeremy and I are not sitting here going, Yes, the Mothman's real. I don't we don't <laughs> believe that at all. Okay. Right. right. But it's fun. And yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. My favorite is the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie. Mm-hmm. My favorite. And I've been fascinated as a kid ever since then. I would go to the library. I was telling Jeremy I'd go once a week and my, I'd say, Bye mom. And I'd walk, she'd go to her section, fiction section, I'd go to my section, and I'd go pull out a big book on the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. And I'd pour over this. And even from a young age, I would go, Mom, I'd try to relate it with the Bible. And I'd mm-hmm. say, do you think this could be a, you know, plesiosaur? Mm-hmm. Do you think this, you know, and I, because my, my theory was, as a kid, well, it was a flood, a worldwide flood. Yeah. It would have upswept, like, all the dinosaurs would have died. I'm not one of those guys who thinks that Noah had dinosaurs on the ark. Like, uh-huh. come on. Like, I'm not Ken Ham, right? Yeah. But a plesiosaur was water, okay? Yeah. There's still, coelacanth was water, mm-hmm. right? So I thought, well, surely that could be something like that. And there's tunnels and whatnot. So, you know, I told my wife when we first got married, I said, this is my only stipulation. This is the only thing. And she's like, okay, what is it? You know, she's nervous. And I go, my only stipulation is you have to give me one month to go hunt for the Loch Ness Monster sometime in our life. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I can do that. Like, you know, she thought I was going to demand some. Yeah. She's um, like, I can go to Scotland, I guess. Yeah, I can go it's, buy people something People go there on purpose, so. So is Nessie real? Like, I know, I know all the things where people are like, there'd have to be a huge population. There'd have to be a group. They have to keep mm-hmm. breeding, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think if it was real, it's probably dead by now, okay, with okay. the way the world is. But you're still going to stare at the lake for 30 I'm still going to go stare at that lake. Why, Jeremy? Because I love the mysterious. And I love the idea that something like that could exist in the world. Okay. I love that God has made things that we don't know about, and I just love that. Yeah, right? I love sure. that. Okay. Sure. The next one, and this is my last one, my last favorite cryptid is Spring-Hilled Jack. And this one my cousin John told me about, and he, this is, he loves it. And he told me, and, I, and you can go to Wikipedia, oh, what a trail you'll get on Wikipedia <laughs> if you go. Spring-Hilled Jack is an entity in the English folklore of the Victorian era. The first claimed sighting of Spring-Hilled Jack was in 1837. Later sightings were reported all over Great Britain and were especially prevalent in suburban London, the Midlands, and Scotland. Hmm. Uh, he was described by people who claimed to have seen him as having terrifying, frightful appearance with diabolical features, clawed hands, and eyes that resembled red balls of fire. This is great. One report claimed that beneath a black cloak, he wore a helmet and tight-fitting white garment like an oilskin. Many stories also mention a devil-like aspect. Others said he was tall and thin with the appearance of a gentleman. Several reports mentioned that he could breathe out blue and white flames, Whoa. and he wore a sharp metallic claws at his fingertips. Um, at least a f- two people's claim that he could speak comprehensible English. Now, here's my theory, because okay. I've done a lot of reading on this. Yeah. They think he was this son of a duke mm-hmm. who was very rich, and he was kind of a womanizer mm-hmm. because he would only attack young girls who were running everything. And, and he wouldn't like he would he would jump out at them, scare them, grab them, claw at their clothes a little bit and then bail yeah. and jump. But he could jump over things. So some people think like maybe he had pogo stick or something, you know, some sort of early invention that, <laughs> you know, he's spring heeled. But but everything comes back to this one Duke's womanizing son so 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 that's that's one of my favorites because it's grounded in reality like he's not some sort of demon he's probably got a mask on that he's wearing some sort of masquerade mask yeah and he realized that if i go out late at night and there are girls running around i can go scare them and get a laugh right Hmm. i think that's what it was yikes anyways and that still happens nowadays because we talked about clowns people still dress up like clowns and go scare people so ladies if you see spring hill jack running around (laughs) Just punch him in the face. Like, yeah. just give him a wallop, okay? Those are my two favorites. 
let's go to cryptids in the Bible. Hey, because this is where we're gonna this is where we're gonna meld, merge, meld, <laughs> merge. What's the word I'm using? I think we're for? doing both of those. Fuse things. them. So some of the cryptids that are mentioned in the Bible. These are very f- popular amongst my middle school, mm-hmm. uh, high school crowd because as a kid they like to they like to go. Well, what's the Leviathan? Right. What is that? Right. What's going on there? Yeah. Um, so in the KGV, in the King James version, they have a lot more. Obviously, because it was written back in 1500s, I guess, right? 1500s. Yep, 1500s. Um, includes the cockatrice. Mm-hmm. They talk about the basilisk, the leviathan, the satyr, the dragon, and even the unicorn. Yep. That's pretty cool. It is. Obviously, it's not the truth, right? <laughs> okay. Um, the, the, the how, much, uh, how much do you want to dog on the KJV only people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the KJV. So the issue, there's a lot of issues I have with King James Version, obviously. It's right. written in a, a Old English which is not how Jesus talks. A lot of people still think Jesus was like, saith thou, wilt thou come, Peter? You know, nope, like, he spoke Aramaic. It's not how he spoke. He spoke <laughs> in Aramaic. Uh, the Bible's written in, you know, the New Testament's in Greek, the Old Testament's Hebrew. Yep. And the King James Version was written by, from all respects, King James was not a good guy. Yeah. Right. No, I think the translators who did that work uh, were trying to do a yeah. good job. Yeah. And, and they did, did the best with what they had. And all the other stuff yeah. uh, that they had at the time at their fingertips. But our modern translations, they're not reworks of the King James Version. They're translations of the original. As far back as we have. Yeah. The like thousands and thousands of documents that we have, yeah. early manuscripts. And every time somebody uh, you know, comes to find a new portion of a manuscript, and I mean like a half page of something from thousands and thousands of years ago, a whole bunch of really awesome, geeky people get really yeah. excited because <laughs> they get to go and see if that's any different from the other thousand pages that we have of that page. Yeah. yeah. So when, when we're talking about translations or if you've ever had like wondered, I don't know what, like I see this thing, it says NIV or ESV or KJV. What does all that mean? It's worth looking into, but there's also a part where you just have to go. These guys who, who are figuring out this translation care about this so much more yeah. than I ever yeah. could. And, and that's how we can, you know, God gives us those men uh, and women, I assume, to do that work. Yeah. And uh, and we're incredibly fortunate to have a whole bunch of people very interested in taking the original languages and getting them into English so we don't have to learn Greek. Yeah. my uh, <laughs> One of my professors, this is the last thing I'll say about KGV. Yeah. One of my professors one time was talking about how if you were King James, when you were translating the Bible, you would get people who are experts in the field yeah. to help out. Yep. And so if you're doing poetry, you're going to get a poet or somebody who knows poetry to help mm-hmm. out with that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there was always been rumors that they got Shakespeare to help right. write the King James Bible, right? Yeah. And if you go to Psalm 47, which Shakespeare would have been 47 years old when the King James Bible was written, mm-hmm. and you go 47 lines in, it says shake. <laughs> and if you go 47 lines after that, it says spear. Oh, and it's talking about the foundations of the earth or whatever. Uh, but that's just fun. And my, my professor told me that. He's like, go check it out. There's and it, so sure much enough, Shakespeare stuff like that. I know. Where he's hiding all this stuff. Yeah. He doesn't have time for that. Yeah. He's writing plays. His poor Shakespeare, man. <laughs> Shakespeare and who else? Uh, Ga- not Galileo. Um, da Vinci. Yeah. Poor Da Vinci, man. That guy was just like, I didn't hide any of this stuff. I'm There's just painting. hidden stuff. And they're like, yeah. oh, wow, that is weird. So <laughs> in the King James Version, you have cockatrice, basilisk. You have all these cool names. Yeah. A cockatrice is a serpent, basically, along with basilisk. They're like big serpents. If you know Harry Potter, you know what you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big basilisk is what is in uh, number two, right? Yep. Um, the satyr is a mountain goat, and the unicorn is an extinct bull, probably. Right. Just a type of bull that was whatever. A cow with one horn. Yeah cow or something some or you know whatever now the leviathan and the dragon and the behemoth stick in new trans so if you read the esv and the niv you're still going to see behemoth you're still going to see leviathan right. and you'll still see dragon so uh let's look at those 
parts and kind of talk about it. So, Jeremy, if you can read Job 40. Look at Behemoth, which I made along with you and which feeds on grass like an ox. What strength it has in its loins, what power in the muscles of its belly. Its tail sways like a cedar. The sinews of its thighs are close-knit. Its bones are tubes of bronze, its limbs like rods of iron. It ranks first among the works of God, yet its maker can approach it with his sword. The hills bring it their produce, and all the wild animals play nearby. Under the lotus plants it lies, hidden among the reeds in the marsh. The lotuses conceal it in their shadow. The poplars by the stream surround it. A raging river does not alarm it. It is secure, though the Jordan should surge against its mouth. Can anyone capture it by the eyes or trap it and pierce its nose? What do you think that is? Uh, it sounds like a really powerful kind of, of ox. Uh, it says that it's... Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. It, yeah, sounds, it sounds like it's a big, massive It sounds ox. like an ox or like a type of... See, but they knew what an ox was. That's the only issue. It does now. say it feeds on grass like an yeah, ox. Yeah, like an ox. See, mm-hmm. and, and I, I always thought maybe hippo, like a hippopotamus, that would have been the river. Like a, They're huge, right, and yeah. giant. A unicorn, whenever I think of unicorn, it could be rhinoceros as well, right? Oh, I'm whoa. thinking of a lot of that stuff. You're going way out there. Um, I'm going way out there, right? <laughs> um, but I'm thinking of that kind of stuff. So when I, when I think of behemoth, it could be any of those things. Now, the issue is no one animal fits every one of those little descriptions, hmm. right? Like its tail is like a cedar. Right. Well, that doesn't fit hippo, e- hippo or, or ox, right? Yeah. What it does fit is a mokale mbimbe. <laughs> mokale mbimbe, right? Um, so it could have been, it could be him talking about a dinosaur that, yeah. that was alive or around still at this time. Job's an old book, right? Right. So it's an old, uh, one of the oldest narratives in the Bible, right? Stories. Yeah, so it could be that. And it's poetry as well. So you mm-hmm. have to keep that in mind. Anyway, so the behemoth, that's a cool thing, right? There, so that's one of those things where as a child, I'm reading this going, man, what a cool thing. And that's also where some people want to have a definite answer. Right. Okay. They want to go ox. Yeah. They want to say hippo. And I want to say, that's awesome. Right, because the whole point of this passage is this is a beast like no other. Yeah, and God can do what? What does it say? He can just go hook him if he wants to. Yeah, right, it says, uh, his maker can approach him with the sword. The sword, yeah, he just walks up. Yeah, to nobody him. else can do this, and and God can show up and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I can cut you in half in a second. Yeah. And the right. point of the behemoth, uh, both in this passage and if it really existed like this, the point of it was to show like God's might, God's almighty power. Yeah. Yeah. To make these massive uh, animals. Like when you, we look at dinosaurs, it should be like, oh my, wow, yeah. look yeah. what God did. And to give some context to this, Job, Job all throughout the whole book of Job has been uh, questioning God. He's been, he's been demanding answers from God, and God shows up, right. which, is, which is the last thing that I would ever want. Like I, if I was questioning God and he showed up, I would be like, okay, this is happening, right? Yeah. And God looks at him and he says, you want answers? Well, I'm going to ask you some questions now. Right. Now you gird yourself like a man. He says, gird your loins, you know, mm-hmm. like prepare yourself for battle. And the first question God asks is, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Yeah. And Job's like, you know, like, okay. He's just quiet for 16 pages. I always think of Wayne's world like, we're, you know, we small, you big, we tiny, you know, we're not worthy, not worthy. Anyway, so that's the behemoth. The next one is Leviathan. This is all over the place. Yeah, uh, it's there's multiple verses. Psalm 104, 25 through 26 says, "There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you form to frolic there." Mm. And then if you'll read Isaiah 21, 7, I mean, 27, 1. Yep, 27. In that day, the Lord will punish with His sword, His fierce, great and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent. He will slay the monster of the sea. So the Old Testament, 
there's some there's multiple people who say the Leviathan in the Old Testament represents chaos, mm-hmm. and that's just what it is. It's just chaos, and God has destroyed the Leviathan. He's destroyed chaos. Mm-hmm. He's brought peace, and that's it. The issue, I, now, so I think I think that's a plausible answer. My issue with that is that chaos doesn't frolic to right. and fro with other animals, right? Yeah. And all over the place, there's talks of like sea monsters and ships and you know stuff like that, where you go, no, this is a real creature. Yeah, he's talking about. Now it could be a whale. Mm-hmm. Right, but in that same passage of Job in Job forty-one, they do talk about the Leviathan more, mm-hmm. and it's definitely not a whale the way it talks about it. So, is it you know is, are they using multiple names of Leviathan for different things? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I think I, that's that's the fun. That's that's the joy of the scripture is that when you try to put it in a box, yeah, man, I can't stand that for for everything. Like some things are. The, the part the Westminster Confession says the stuff that is meant to be clear is very clear. Yes. And the things that are necessary for salvation are, can be understood by all. And so if you want to know how to become a Christian, you can read the Bible and boom, the right. Spirit will open your eyes and you will see it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other things like Peter says, Paul writes some hard stuff. <laughs> and not all of it's clear to me even. You know, you think of Peter like, okay. Yeah. So, so there are times like this where we're going to read something about Leviathan or Behemoth. And if we try to go... Well, let's put it in our science box. Right. Let's get our little science box out, and we'll go. Well, this is the creatures we have. This has to be it, mm-hmm. you know. Or we throw out the science box entirely and go. This is all myth and stupid and foolish. We've lost the mystery of this and the the majesty of what's going on here. Mike, yeah. is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm very glad. We d- we don't do as much uh, pregame as we probably should before yeah. these. I'm very glad that this is your take because yeah. there's so much mystery in God. Uh, there's a lot that is revealed to us that's made perfectly clear. I guess I'm just restating what you said. But yeah. The, the mystery that is available in God will never end. He'll be fully revealed to us and will continue to just stare in awe as we could become more and more aware of facets of, of yeah. what God is. Yeah. And, I, and I, that's why I love this stuff because as silly as, so let's say as silly as Bigfoot is, mm-hmm. if we found some sort of, uh, in my hometown of Florida, yeah. there's this Bigfoot-like creature called Swamp Ape. Uh-huh. Because we're from the swamp, of course right? there is. And my friend Josh has said he's seen it, and mm-hmm. I believe my friend Josh, like right? you know, now maybe he saw something or whatever, and yeah. he doesn't. But there's a picture of it. If you type in swamp ape, you can look. It looks like a big orangutan that's escaped. <laughs> okay. Now I'm not against the Bigfoot being something like that, yeah. some sort of bear or orangutan that has some sort of mutation and has escaped, mm-hmm. and somebody saw it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what if it is some sort of other creature of orangutan that we don't know yet, some species we haven't discovered yet? Yeah. Like, all right. Okay. The best, the best argument I've heard against that yeah. is roadkill. Because we would you hit, see hit everything dead, and oh, we would definitely right. have hit a Bigfoot by now. Yeah, but how many orangutans do you see on the side of the road? Because <laughs> they're not there, though. And yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah. yeah, unless it's like a dolphin, like a really smart... <laughs> well, yeah, if it's if it's Harry and the Hendersons, we're in trouble. We're that, in big trouble because Harry's brilliant. Yeah, he's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then the last thing we want to talk about... Um, so with... To clarify, Behemoth, Leviathan, let man enjoy that. Read it. Sure. You don't have to nail it down. Uh, it could be a dinosaur. It could be, but 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 look at what God's saying. He's saying these things are huge. These creatures, whatever, they're magnificent mm-hmm. beings, and I can just hook them. I can play with them if I want to. Right? right? They're mine. Yeah, they're mine. Yeah. And they jump and frolic in my lap. Like you know, like it's yeah. not and, even a big deal. And you pinning down exactly what they are or how to classify them doesn't do anything for what God is trying to say there. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then if you want to read, like, um, I have a thing here that says in the texts, uh, in like U- ancient Ugaritic texts in Syria, uh, Leviathan is a seven-headed sea monster defeated by Baal. 
at the time of creation. So Baal obviously is the false god that they used to worship mm-hmm. during that time. And so God, Yahweh, defeating the Leviathan, that Baal, you know, defeated. And he's saying, no, no, no. You want to know who really defeats Leviathan? Chaos, the, mm-hmm. the, the creature, the ancient beast. That's Yahweh, not yeah. Baal. Yeah. Uh, all, so, so, so I'm saying there's multiple readings to it, um, but I just love the idea that Leviathan is somewhere out there in the oceans, creeping around. You know, that's awesome. The final thing there is dragons. Mm-hmm. So, what are your initial thoughts on dragons? Um, well, it depends on what you mean. Yeah. So, the dragons from Harry Potter, yep. I, I think, are just awesome fiction. Yep. Uh, but Leviathan I, is said to breathe out smoke or I, fire, some yeah, sort of fire, yeah, right? I know. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time with that. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah. I don't think there could be any fire breathing uh, animal. Okay. I mean, not that it's impossible because yeah, God can yeah, do yeah. all things, but I don't think that we see any reason to think that that would have existed. Yeah, there's Komodo dragons or stuff that like spit out acid and stuff like that. Yeah, but and if that hits you, that would be pretty <laughs> fireous, right? <laughs> I guess it would stink. Is that real? I, yeah, I that's never real. heard that. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm gonna look that up because I don't believe him. Yeah, they spit out <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Um, my here's my take on dragons. I think it's odd that. Most civilizations, ancient civilizations, have a dragon story yeah. and multiple civilizations that did not have contact with each other for lots of years, yeah. many, many years. So and it comes dragons from were something. prolific. Like they were not kind of mentioned. Yes. They were getting a lot yeah, of stories. And if we are coming from the assumption that Adam and Eve are with dinosaurs, mm-hmm. you don't think they would go, hey, Cain, Abel, come here. Let us, you know, let, look at what's over there. And, you know, and there's, so there would have been some sort of story passed on. Yeah. And after the Tower of Babel, those stories would have you know, tall tales, classic grandpa move mm-hmm. telling, you know, tall tales. So I think uh, maybe there was a dinosaur that did spit acid or spit some sort of fire and could, connect, you know, do something like that. Maybe yeah. that's where they got dragons. Yeah. And that has evolved into this great folklore yeah. story. Now, there is an interesting story. I think it's where um, John, the Apostle John, is said to have gone and met with a dragon that people were worshiping. Mm-hmm. And he goes and meets the dragon and the dragon talks to him. And he's, he's like a false god or something that they're worshiping. And, and John kills him. Sure, kills them. <laughs> so that's an old medieval legend folklore. Okay. Um, but the, but then the other option that people, you know, we always talk about people love to go demons. They yeah, had to yeah. be demons. Yeah. Maybe dragons are just demons and they're just uh, pretend to be, you know, things. That talking people, snakes. Talking snakes. Oh. oh. Da, da, da. Uh, anyways, so th- so what are your final thoughts on cryptids? Real or fake? Uh, well, all of them. All of them? <laughs> Make an assessment. <laughs> I, I can't do that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, obviously, there's stuff that we're getting to discover, and that uh, that God will reveal to you know yeah. scientists and the yeah. world as as we come. And I think there'll be other things that, uh, like, we're going to find out all kinds of stuff was going on that we had no idea, and we're like, oh my god, yeah, because God's going to continue un- to unveil His glory. Yeah. To, so to, to top, so here I'll, I'll I'll say what I really quick. I think there are tons of species we haven't discovered. Uh, I think even if you listen, even if you think Bigfoot, there's no way possible it's real. Mm-hmm. Live in the mystery of it. It's fun, <laughs> right? It's fun. And also it keeps you, if we believe in angels and demons, like, come on, you know, you gotta, you gotta have some sort of mystery in your life to the point where like, oh, listen, I know Nessie's probably not there, but I'm going to go spend a month because that's fun. And it's fun to think, what if he did pop up? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'll say on that side. Okay. Mothman. No, he's not. Of course. There. He's not. <laughs> all right. Vampires, all that stuff. Um, the Anything last thing, th- so to round it all down, here's, here's the big thing to take away in Job 40, like mm-hmm. we were talking about, God shows up and he says, let me ask you some questions now. And, er- and the questions are, where were you when I founded the earth? 
Where were you when I did this? Where were you when, when the Leviathan and the behemoth and all these wonderful things? Have you done any of these things? Yeah. How can you question me? How can you come talk to me? And Job finishes by, he, he finally opens his mouth because he's been dumbstruck at this point. And he says, surely I spoke like a man without knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I, what I want you to take away from this episode is there are so many mysterious and wonderful things in this world. And if we go through the humdrum days of our lives and we just kind of put everything in a box and we try to do that, you're going to do that with God. And you're going to come to the scripture and you're going to read it like it's just any other book. This, the Bible is not any other book. It is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. Where did I read that? Oh, mm-hmm. from the Bible, mm-hmm. right? It's alive. The Bible is alive, and it will, and God will speak to you through his word. And so if you come at the Bible and you read Behemoth and Leviathan and go, oh, that's silly. This is, man, live in the mystery of life. You know, enjoy the mystery um, and know that God is bigger than, he's so bigger than we can even imagine. Yeah. Uh, and yet that God, who's bigger than anything we can imagine, sent his son, to Jesus, to earth to die for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, the God who can wrestle with Leviathan, the God who, you know, oh, it's just so, it's so wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to think about that Jesus would come to earth, take on the flesh of a man, die for us, and he invites us into his mystery, into that story. Yeah. Um, the Bible says that this, these were the thing, this was the mystery, the mystery of Jesus was the mystery that angels longed to look into. Like they were, they were excited yeah, about what was going on. Could wait to see what was about to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So enjoy the mystery uh, as Christmas comes up, man. Christmas is all about mystery. And so uh, enjoy the mystery. I want you to, I want to hear what your favorite cryptids are. And you can do that by talking to us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. If, is it, uh, what is it? What could it be? Vampires? I want to hear about it. Okay. (laughs) What is your favorite cryptid? It'll be fun. Uh, We'll talk about, and we're going to post a whole bunch of links during October. Like we said, we're going to be talking about some silly stuff. I think we're going to talk about uh, ghosts next week. Maybe ghosts, angels, and demons. We may pair it all together. Spirits. We have to do separate ones for angels. All right. We'll have to do separate things. Um, (laughs) During this week, we'll have a special interview that we did with uh, Simon Amadeus Pilario. Mm -hmm. He is the author of the word for word Bible comic, and he'll tell you more about that when you listen to the interview. It's soup, man. So what what a cool interview that was. That was great. So you have to listen to that. Um, anyways, any last thoughts? Anything we good? Just uh, always appreciate any ratings or reviews you want to do on yeah. iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, it just helps us get other people to listen, and uh, we're hoping that this is a, an actual ministry where we can be reaching people with the gospel. So. As our hope. So, thank man. As always, thanks so much for listening. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match.